is. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on 970 WDAYM and 93.1 FM. 701-293-9000, are your call-in numbers. Nolan, it's hard to focus on anything else right now with this uh, Samantha LaFountain story. Yeah, in, in the, Savannah, it's just, Savannah Greywind. Right, right. It's just, I, I don't know, it's just hard to, it's, it's so awful, and it's so heartbreaking, and... You know, I, I mean, I, I think we're all waiting for more facts. I mean, they're obviously starting to trickle out now. We have two people in custody. They're going to be facing charges. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, it's a nightmare. I, I it mean, is. It's, it's, it's awful. It, it's just awful. And it's hard to talk about anything else. But, yeah. Um, you know, like like uh, like on Friday, I, I don't really have anything else to add to it at, at this point. Um, it's It's an awful story. Uh, we're going to have all the latest news and all, all the all the updates and everything right here on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. So stay tuned here uh, and we'll keep you abreast of what's happening. Uh, and, and it sounds like coming up here uh, after the show in about an hour, about two o'clock. Yep. We're going to be having uh, they're going to be appearing in court. So, you know, obviously we'll we'll have some updates there as well. So uh, but for now, just stay tuned. We'll keep bringing you the breaking news as we have it. Uh, but for now, we are going to uh, talk a little politics on the show. Mark Haugen. Now, he is a, a gentleman. Uh, he is from Bismarck. He is a, uh, I, I guess you want to call him an activist. He is the interim chairman of what's being called the new NPL, the new nonpartisan league. In North Dakota, the Democratic Party is the Democratic Party hyphen NPL, nonpartisan league. They merged back in the 1950s. The nonpartisan league was its own political organization before the merger. Uh, now they are one, and really the NPL hasn't been, you know, hasn't had its own committee or it's been really organized in any way since the 1960s. But this new organization wants to take that over. They want to change that. Now they're saying that they want to help the Democratic Party, but I don't know. I'm looking at this from the outside of the party, and to me it looks like a manifestation of a division that's been going on in the Democratic Party for some time. We'll talk with Mark about that coming up. Uh, but for now, uh, let's um, let's see. It, it seems like, uh, talking about politics, State Senator Tom Campbell, who announced his candidacy for the United States Senate, is now running his third television ad. Three television ads, Nolan. You get the idea that this would be August of 2018, not yeah. August of 2017. And I like, I like what you pointed out. I got a chance to read uh, your column on it on Say Anything blog uh, before we got on the air here. And it's, I think you said it perfectly in that, you know, it, there's a fine line between getting your name recognized uh, in, in your campaign or what have you, and people just kind of getting sick of you. And yeah. I, I think, I think he's on a fast track to people just kind of getting sick of hearing his name or seeing his, right. his ads, you know, if he continues, you know, with this pace at least. Well, I don't think there's any question that the guy, if, if you're a state senator from Grafton and you're going to run on the statewide ticket you got to introduce yourself to a statewide audience, right? There's just no, they got to get to know you. They got to understand who you are. Yeah, I understand. I just don't know. I just don't know that cheesy campaign ads are the best way to do that. No. And I don't think, I don't think doing it in August of 2017 is maybe. Right. A a good step at this point, you know, if you're going to do it, then, you know, rent a bus or something, hit the trail, you know, hit, hit the highways 
and go to every civic event, every you know, every event that'll have you. You know, press the flesh, shake hands. That's that's what North Dakotans expect of of their elected leaders. You yeah. Know, even their even their statewide elected leaders, even their their senators. We want to meet them. We want to see them in person. We want to shake their hand. We want to feel like we have some level of personal connection to the person we're going to vote for. I, I think that's the expectation a lot of North Dakota voters have. And if, if Campbell wants to do that, I, I think he's got to get out from behind these commercials and hit the campaign trail. And, and you know, that way you're introducing yourself to people, but you're not bombarding them with TV, TV ads. Because i got to tell you, these TV ads are, are cheesy. And, and also, I, I get the feeling C- Campbell's got a lot of money. He's a successful business guy. But he's an outsider. He's an outsider, well, though. Well, he's a yeah. He's been he's been a legislator for six years. Yeah. So I, I don't know how that <laughs> makes you an outsider. I mean, obviously trying to tap it. I mean, that worked for Doug Burgum, right? Yeah. He came in. I I'm an outsider. I'm outside the political process, and you could kind of shake your head a little bit at that, just because he gave a lot of money to you know he was obviously very involved in politics in North Dakota prior to running for elected office, but had never held elected office before. Now. Campbell is obviously trying to mimic Burgum's success. You know, the problem is, you know, he's coming off like a cheap knockoff to me. And and it's not ringing true because he's been a state lawmaker for the better part of a decade. So I I don't know how, you know, Burgum campaigned against the quote-unquote good old boys club in Bismarck. Well, a guy who was in the good old boys club was Tom Campbell. And now he's, you know, an outsider, farmer, outsider, conservative, or whatever the hell he's calling himself in these TV ads. And it, it's just annoying. And, and I got people already saying, oh, Port, you're being too hard on Tom Campbell. You just don't like him or whatever. Listen, I like Tom Campbell. He's a nice guy. I think I'm just allergic to these, this sort of comment, excuse me, this sort of uh, campaigning. I, I'm just allergic to the cheesy ads. I'm allergic to, you know, to the cookie cutter, uh, you know, politician standing by a tractor, standing out in the field. Uh, you know, I'm an outsider. I'm, the, you know, I, I just, I, I. It's like these guys decide to run for office and they feel like they've got to jump into this like cookie cutter mold of what a candidate looks like. And I, I hate it. Now, maybe it works with the voters overall. I mean, I, that was a big part of Doug Burgum's campaign that I didn't like is that I felt like it was all just, you know, poll tested talking points. But so, so I don't know. Maybe it works, but it just it gives me the hives. I hate it. All right. Well, more to come. What do you think? 701-293-9000, Is August of 2017 too early for this intense of a television ad campaign from a candidate who's not going to be on the ballot until November of next year? Love to hear from you. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob. Report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. We were uh, talking about Senator Tom Campbell. It just went live with his third TV ad of the 2018 election cycle. It's August of 2017. Just to put this in perspective, in 2012, Heidi Heitkamp entered, uh, you know, as as really perceived as an underdog by by most observers, including this one, entered the 2012 election cycle in October of 2011. I mean, that's that that's when she just announced that she was actually running. Right? She really didn't get around to like running like TV ads and stuff until 
after the first of the year. So here it is. It's it's August of 2017, and Tom Campbell's got his third TV ad on air already. And, I mean, listen, I'm a political junkie. I follow this stuff intensely. Uh, you know, the, this, you know, tight races, that this sort of horse race, uh, you know, election campaigns are, are good for business for me. But I'm annoyed by it. Right? I mean, just calm down, Tom. You got plenty of time. Uh, Nolan, you know, last week I was talking about moviepass.com. Yes. Um, got did, you, did you use it? Did you get it? Or did you use it? Well, I haven't it got anything? it yet. Okay. I, got a, I got an email from Marion here. She says, Rob, uh, this is off the subject, but I'm looking at buying two movie passes. Did you try them? How do they work? Did they take them willingly? Um, I have not received mine yet. I, I got a note from MoviePass because they, they, they dropped the price and then it got a ton of press coverage. And then I, I think they had something like 125,000 subscribers. And they went up to like over half a million within the course of like a week and a half or something like that. So they're behind in sending out the cards is basically what the email I got from them saying. I'm supposed to be getting mine sometime, I think, between September 6th and September 10th. Uh, and, and supposedly my billing cycle is not going to start until then. Um, so that's that's where I'm at now. Have not received it yet. Have not gotten a chance uh, to use it. Um, but it's. I'm looking forward to it, and and by all accounts, it looks like my local theater, which is an AMC theater up here in Minot, is is going to accept it. Now, uh, I, on their website, they have a map showing all the theaters that uh, that the pass will work with. Uh, but basically, my understanding is it's a it's like a Mastercard debit card. There was some there was some news out there where AMC theaters said that they were going to try to get out of it. But my understanding is basically what you're getting is a debit card. Yeah, and you have to use it in conjunction with the app. Like you have to check into the theater on the app and then use the debit card. Is my understanding of how it works? But it's a debit card, and MoviePass is paying full price for the ticket. So I'm not sure how any theater can can opt out of it. But uh, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten to use it yet, but I'm excited to, and uh, I, I think it's good. When when I get it and I get a chance to use it, I will certainly check in and, and let you all know about that. Uh, 701 Email talk at WADAY.com. Um, I did go to a movie this weekend, though. Yes. Do you went to the, did you go to the Bruce Lee one? Did he end up going I did. One? I did. Bur- Birth of the Dragon. Yes. And how did, how did it turn out? You know, it was okay. Um, the action sequences were pretty good. I mean, the martial arts stuff was pretty good. I was a little disappointed because I think, I think Bruce Lee is, is, and maybe it's hard for us to remember today, especially those of us who are younger, but Bruce Lee was something of a cultural phenomena. Yeah. Right? And a big part of his his legend was this this fight with Wong, J- Wong Jack Man. I'm probably I'm butchering that. I, I can't pronounce it right. But was this fight with this Kung Fu master from a Shaolin temple in, in China. Like, came over here, and they fought, and it was kind of shrouded in mystery, and... You know, it wasn't open to the public, so the people who were there and observed sort of gave conflicting accounts of what went down. Uh, Bruce Lee and his camp said basically he he beat the guy up. Uh, the other guy's camp said that they won. And anyway, I felt like all of that took a back seat to so, sort of a sort of a generic love story, oh. right? Like it was it was this love story where. A guy who I, I guess was supposed to represent Steve McQueen, but they called him a different name in the movie. Oh, but like he fell in love with a girl, and then I, and I hopefully I'm not giving away spoilers here, but you know basically he fell in love with a girl, and then in order to get the girl, like Bruce Lee and this other guy had to fight, and it, so it's it's like we're 
we're relegating what I thought was going to be the whole point of the movie was this sort of cultural touchstone event, you know, you know, East versus West. And, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a powerful story, right? Cause you're talking about, you know, Eastern culture, Asian culture, Chinese culture, and how it was perceived in the United States and how it came to the United States and how Bruce Lee was sort of an ambassador and sort of, you know, being from China, but having America, you know, having being descended from Americans on one side of his family I felt like there was a lot they could have done there that they just didn't do. It turned into kind of a melodramatic movie. Is that kind of what you're yeah, hinting I mean, at a little it, bit? Okay, it, it kind of turned into a little bit of just a just a romantic movie. And and there's nothing wrong with romantic movies. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like you know I, I don't think we should have subjugated what to me is the most interesting part of the movie, which is Bruce Lee and his fight with this other guy and and what that represents for what Bruce Lee did to bring martial arts that culture in the united states i don't think we needed to overshadow that with this just sort of generic cookie cutter movie uh love story so i wasn't that i wasn't that impressed with it i don't know it was okay i mean it wasn't wasn't like i regretted going but but you wouldn't, awful, you wouldn't but suggest it, it to your friends you wouldn't say oh you need to go see this movie wait, or something like maybe that. wait till it's on netflix or something. yeah yeah it's That's a it's a it's a cookie cutter netflix movie where yeah, you kind of think it's so. like ugh. It's good. It's good if you're on the couch and you're looking for something. You're looking for something to kill an hour or so with. Yeah, you know, yeah. plenty of movies like that. Yeah. So it wasn't bad. I I I um. I tell you what, I, I am kind of looking. I, this is this is gonna make me. Uh, this is gonna make me such a. Uh, this is gonna out me as a big time dork. But there's a movie coming out of, called Tulip Fever, <laughs> and and it's in it's in the backdrop of the um. There was a in in the Netherlands. There was this. It's this sort of famous market crash where people just went nuts over trading tulip bulbs, right? Because obviously tulips are are a big hot commodity crop in like the Netherlands, and so everybody went nuts over trading them. And it's it's this sort of very famous where like like one tulip bulb was being sold for like out just truly outrageous prices, uh, and then it all crashed, right? So it was, it was just sort of. It, irrational exuberance of of the marketplace in in the tulip trading and i it's it's called tulip fever and it's it's this like this love story set in the context of this market crash but i've always been fascinated by the history of this market crash and now i want to see this movie is it like a is it a dutch film or is yeah, it okay um i don't know i don't know if it's i don't know if it's dutch per se like, okay. i don't know if they're going to be like speaking dutch but, right but it might be it, dutch actors or what have you in it Something like that. Yeah, I, I I suppose. I, I don't really know that much about it. I just know that it's it's sort of set against the backdrop of the seventeenth century tulip wars. And oh they, my. They had me at that because that of course is the part that interests me. All right. Uh, Mark Haugen, who is the interim chair of the new nonpartisan league, is gonna be on. Are his efforts gonna hurt the North Dakota Democratic Party or help? We'll talk with him about that coming up. 701-293-9000 if you want to join in. 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAYM and 93.1 FM. Joining me now is Mark Haugen. He is the interim chairman of the new nonpartisan league. Mark, how are you? I'm fine, Rod. Thank you. It's good to be on your show. 
It's good to have you on. Um, so, so it's it's an interesting development. I mean, the, the nonpartisan league is a unique piece of North Dakota history. It's been a part of the North Dakota Democratic Party for a long time since since the two entities merged back in the the nineteen fifties. Uh, but now you're wanting to 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 I I guess take the, the NPL brand or, or the name and and reinvigorate it and, and use it at what, what you told me earlier to, to support the Democratic Party. Tell us, what what, what do you guys got going on? What are you trying to do? Well, I, I took a lead in this endeavor um, recently, the last couple of weeks after talking to Lloyd Omdell. Uh, my grandfather was the chairman of a nonpartisan league in 1956-57, and he spent a lot of political equity in moving the uh, league from the Republican column, where we, my grandfather was a longtime legislator, into the Democratic column. Of course, the NPLers were progressives in those days. And if I, when I, I thought to myself, you know, I need to um, make sure that this effort stays in the Democratic Party uh, and that we, our, our goal is to grow the tent, bring disenfranchised voters back into the Democratic Party, progressives uh, that probably don't adhere closely to the Democratic label. So that's kind of our focus at this point. Do you really think that's the problem the North Dakota Democratic Party has, is that it's not attracting enough progressive voters? I, all I can go by uh, what has happened the last uh, since the last election. I go back to the 2016 convention where we were unable to um, endorse uh, candidates on the floor for a number of positions, and I started thinking to myself, what can we do to try to uh, think out of the box and uh, revigorate this party? And then we had the presidential caucuses in June of that year, and— um, Bernie Sanders carried every political district in North Dakota except for uh, District 23, which is Benson, Eddy, and Foster County, and also Coal Country in District 33. And when I was at, I, I led my caucuses in Bismarck in my own district in District 30, and I saw voters there, or caucus goers there, that I've never seen before. And they came out in, 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 in large numbers for Bernie that day, um, and um, I was amazed by that. I, and, and what happened to these voters in the general election? Did they not vote? Did they turn and vote for Donald Trump? Well, but they're progressives. They want someone out there that's talking their talk. Um, uh, and uh, I thought to myself, what can we do to bring these types of voters into the into the progressive movement? Uh, where they were so um, they were they, they want to be part of the Bernie Sanders movement. So that was my focus. Do you think Bernie Sanders, and by the way, if you want to join in, 701-293-9000, talking with Mark Haugen. He's the interim chair of the new nonpartisan league who is looking to to reinvigorate that part of, of the North Dakota Democratic Party. I'm sure you see the, the Democratic Party. It's it's always in North Dakota. It's the Democratic-NPL party because the nonpartisan league is a part of it. Mark wants to reinvigorate that NPL part. Mark, I, I hear you talking about Bernie Sanders, but I, I was looking at that primary and I mean, typically, because I went back and did the math and then going back, whether it's a, a midterm election or a presidential year election, usually the ratio going back to the mid 90s of of Republican primary voters to Democratic primary voters is around two to one, two Republican voters for every Democratic voter. In June of 2016, that ratio was five to one. I look at the Democratic Party and, and, and you're saying, you know, you, you're seeing, you know, progressives are disenfranchised or they're they're upset i'm looking at the party and and all i'm seeing that and, and granted i'm obviously i'm looking at this from a conservative point of view but all i'm seeing are left in the party is progressives it seems like the moderates have left your party 
Are you sure you're focusing on the right people? All I can say is that, you know, when you look at the numbers, um, for example, Hillary Clinton, uh, out west in some of our counties, uh, Hillary Clinton got uh, 9% of the vote, vote in Billings, 12% of the vote in Bowman County, Emmons County, 11%. We, out west, we need to reinvigorate this party. There's two schools of thought. Do we move to the center and become Republican light, or do we move to the left and try to energize a base that's not, not out, that's not voting or uh, uh, that, that would, okay, we're hoping to uh, generate interest. Um, again, create contrast, keep contrast with our, um, uh, with, with uh, the conservative side of the aisle uh, when we're out there showing ourselves to the electorate. Do you feel like, because you, you used to use that term, Republican light, do you feel like, because I, I, I look, and in, in the only Democrat to win on the statewide ballot in North Dakota since 2008 is Heidi Heitkamp. And she's gotten some grief from, you know, at, at the 2016 uh, national convention. She ended up not casting her superdelegate vote after there was a, a pretty strongly worded resolution uh, sort of condemning her for, for supporting Hillary Clinton. Uh, she got she got heckled a little bit at a, at a Democratic organizing event earlier this year. She's taken a little bit of heat from the left part of the party. Would you view Heidi Heitkamp as Republican light? I would uh, view her as a moderate. I'm a 100 percent Heidi supporter myself. Um, I respect those other progressives in the party that uh, may not uh, see eye to eye with Heidi on some of the more um, left uh, issues. Um, I did vote for Hillary Clinton also in the caucuses, and uh, so you know. But I, I kind of had a soul searching about this as well. Um, I um, I think Heidi is going to be leading our ticket, obviously, at the convention and beyond, all the way to the general election. But again. We need to we need to get out an electorate. We need to create energy in this party. It's more than just getting people out to vote. We need to re-energize the Democratic NPL. And I see a base out there on the left that again they they don't like the Democratic label, so to speak. But maybe the NPL being out there with events, being out there and guiding them through, um, letting get, letting them become involved in our platform, and then our platform being taken to the greater Democratic NPL convention. Maybe we can re-energize a base out there that voted for Bernie. Is is this a split in the party? Because and, and again, I, I'm looking at this from the outside as as a conservative, and I'm seeing a party that has struggled to win statewide elections, has been losing ground in the legislature, and now I I I, I see so, so, sort of a group of of I, I I would say a faction from the left wing of the party. Maybe that's I I hope that's a fair way to describe you. Uh, sort of sort of wanting to to do their own thing i mean is is that wrong to see this as a split you know party activists whether it be republican or democrat or democratic npl we tend to be much more towards as democratic npl activists we tend to be more towards the left than maybe the electorate i'm assuming that's also true with the true republican activists uh toward the right i want to assure my democratic npl friends this is not a split again my grandfather spent um a lot of time trying to bring the MPL and the Democratic um, uh, labels together back in 1956 and 57. I'm not going to go against my grandfather's um, life and wishes to bring those two, uh, bring our political forces together. I got, I, I took a lead effort in this thing. So we stay in the Democratic Party um, uh, machine in electing, um, electing progressives, create a contrast. You know, it, it, it's part of the great debate. We need it, Rod, we need a good, strong two-party system. I think all Democrats would and Republicans would, would appreciate that, that we have 
vigorous debate. We need this party re-energized, and that's our focus. So, so what do you say to somebody like me who, who would argue that, that the problem Democrats have had is not that you're not progressive enough. It's just that you've moved so far to the left of where North Dakota voters are. Because I, I look at I look at the issues that are important to, to North Dakota voters, and I think a lot of them, because we're so tied to um, because we're so tied to say uh, you know agriculture and industry, that you know we, we care a lot about the federal government regulating land use and things like that. I, I think a lot of them look at the Democratic brand and say there's there's no place for me in that party. Uh, now, how, how, how is moving to, to, to the left of, of where Democrats are today going to help them win elections statewide in North Dakota? Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from, Rod. Uh, you know, we're just, a, uh, uh, we're just a few months into this as we started to talk about this back in April. Um, the, again, uh, I just believe that uh, contrast is vitally important. If people, you know, there's, gonna be, there's people in the party, there's probably elected officials in the party who wonder what the heck are we doing here trying to um, um, uh, put a, you know, re-energize a progressive label in the party and uh, move ourselves to the left. I have, I, I, I strongly believe that, you know, you have to be, you, you have to show a difference between you and your opponent and um, moving to the right doesn't give people that clear choice right. in, in ideas. Well, it's 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 certainly interesting. What sort of issues? I mean, just just setting aside. I mean, I think you and I have been sort of talking, maybe a little up in the clouds ideology. Just as a practical matter, if if you get your way and and, and the the NPL is, is is sort of its own organization, setting its own agenda and, and and its own messaging, what issues do you focus on? Do you think that's going to grab the attention of say Western North Dakotans? Well, working family issues. Uh, you know, out in out in the uh, oil belt, of course. Um, you know, you know. Um, Let's talk about uh, daycare. You know, we need to make sure that uh, we have um, um, uh, daycare available for uh, for all um, for all working families that are out there. Uh, we need a living wage. Although, yes, we know that uh, the, the um, uh, out west the wages are going up uh, based on uh, the activity in the oil field. That we realize that, but not everybody is is um, you know. We need to make sure that first of all that uh, you can have a forty hour job and not live in poverty. Maybe that job has yeah. health insurance. Mar- 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 Marvin, Marvin Nelson, who I, I, I think you know pretty well and I think is, is probably pretty close in, in, to, to your movement, I mean, he introduced a, a minimum wage bill in the last legislative session, and it went nowhere. And then we went through an election where, where the Democrats lost even more ground, despite Republicans consistently rejecting policies like that. Yeah, and I understand. I, I, I'm, I'm about re-energizing the party. Okay. Getting that label out there. The NPL is a historical name. You know, again, um, I think there's a lot of young people that don't know much about the NPL other than the fact it created the Bank of North, its policies created the Bank of North Dakota and the North Dakota Green and Mill Elevator. But beyond that, it's more of a history note. I want to energize the NPL as a populist message uh, for working families. All right. Well, good luck. Um, I'm all about competition of ideas. I believe in a marketplace ideas. Uh, I don't agree with many of yours. I think you and I probably disagree about a lot, but uh, good luck. Uh, um, you know, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. So thank you, uh, Mark Haugen, and uh, we'll see what happens coming up. Thank you, Rod. More to come straight ahead, 701-293-9000, We'll wrap up the show here on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. Don't go away.
Welcome back, Rob Report. Or should I say the Rod Report? The Rod Report. Hey, I don't think that guy knew my name. Well, I, he he said Rod the first time. I was like, I, I had to. I was like, I think he. I thought he said Rod. I can't, I, I can't, he and then he Rod kept saying Rod, Rod, and I was like, oh, he doesn't know his name. That's too bad. Know. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, Mike um, Mike Haugen was our guest. Mike Haugen. Mike yeah. Haugen. Mike Haugen. Uh, it was interim chair of the new nonpartisan league. I mean, I mean, listen. I am all for. I'm I'm a big believer in in political ingenuity. I think that what. What leads, I think, ultimately to good governance are people debating issues and bouncing ideas back and forth um, and and then trying to find common ground and then moving the ball down the field. I, I think that's I think that's what makes us great, especially if we could keep it from turning into people beating each other with clubs in the street. That's always nice to avoid. Um, but I, I mean, so I applaud his effort. Right. I mean, the Democrats have to do something. Right. Obviously, what they're doing to this point outside of the success of of Senator Heidi Heitkamp who won in 2012, you know, that's the last time a Democrat won on the statewide ballot, 2012. And if, and if and that's Heidi Heitkamp. Before that, it was 2008. I mean, you're, you're talking about going this election cycle. If, if no, if, 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 if I, whether or not Heidi Heitkamp wins, nobody named Heidi Heitkamp will have won on the statewide ballot. If no other Democrat but Heidi Heitkamp wins in 2018, it will have been a decade since someone named not Heidi Heitkamp one on the statewide ballot as a Democrat. I mean, that's that's not good if you're a Democrat. Now, if you're a Republican, that's great. But if you're a Democrat, that's not good. And so they've got to try something. I'm just not sure this is the thing, right? And I, and I got to tell you, I have been a part of a lot of, uh, you know, conversations on the right who are frustrated when Republicans lose elections. And there's always that argument, oh, we weren't conservative enough. And, and I can tell you, on the right, that usually doesn't work out well for us. When it's like, well, we lost the election, let's move even further right. That that usually doesn't work that well. Um, and so I'm not sure that this impulse from from this group of, of Democrats to move the Democratic Party even further to the left is going to serve them well. I, I don't know. What, what did you think, Nolan? I thought, I think that it's it's hard, especially when you're trying to cater to an audience in North Dakota that's widely conservative you know I, I feel like going further to the left is only doing you more harm and making you you know paves the way to lose more elections if if i'm if i'm understanding yeah. him correctly you know because it, I, I mean, mean it's you, a conservative state uh, and it's 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 really going to depend on what issues they focus on right, right. i mean i i could see if, if you get down and, and and you get it down in, into maybe some of the economic populism yeah that could work i mean i, I think that's a big reason why donald trump is so popular in in north dakota it's what he's promoting is not really a, a conservative economic agenda per se. Um, you know, really, in a lot of ways, he's he's ticked off sort of the the, the old school free market, uh, you know, supply side conservatives because he's he's not that guy. He is he has shifted that he has shifted the Republican Party back to sort of, you know, economic nationalism and. You, for better or worse, I'm not real keen on it, but that's that resonated with voters, particularly here in North Dakota. That is probably something this NPL brand could take up as well, and it would fit in with their progressive policies. But, you know, the issues that they're going to focus on, the minimum wage, I don't see that there's a big appetite for raising the minimum wage in North Dakota. I don't think, particularly in western North Dakota, I just don't think you're going to get a lot of traction on that. No, I just, I, it's it's almost like a... It's almost like they're kind of adopting a Minnesota type of view where Minnesota yeah. was trying to 
do the same thing with minimum wage. It's almost like they're trying to take that strategy into North Dakota, which, I mean, well, they're, two, they're two wildly Minnesota. different states. North Dakota is not Minnesota. Yeah. And, and also, uh, here's, here's the other thing. Uh, touting Bernie Sanders as, as your indicator of, of the need for this, the reason why I think the reason why Bernie Sanders won in the Democratic primary in North Dakota in June is because the moderates left the party. I, I mean, if you look at the voting patterns, there were a ton of Democrats that jumped ship. And I think Doug Burgum had a lot of crossover appeal. I think there were a lot of Democrats who jumped ship. A lot of moderate, maybe centrist Democrats who jumped ship and voted in that Republican primary. I think Doug Burgum was a big reason why. And I think a side effect was that is is then Bernie Sanders ends up winning the primary. And so hanging your hat on that, you know, basically you're hanging your hat on the fact that, that your moderates, your centrists left the party, at least in 2016. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Jay Thomas show coming up next. I'll be sticking around for a little bit for that. Remember, you can always catch me here Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. on 970 AM and 93.1 FM, or, of course, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.